Yeah, I, I like that. Amen. Now listen, if you're here for the very first time, we are so glad you're here. We are, and you say, preacher, I've never been in a church like this. Welcome to Temple. Yeah. Welcome to Temple. The, the, the difference between us and a lot of places is we believe the Bible. Yeah. And we believe the Bible when it says that we should worship Him with everything we got. We should praise Him with a loud of loud voice because when we get to heaven I don't want to have to go to worship school when I get to heaven amen I want to practice enough down here that when I get there I'm ready amen but if you're here for the very first time we want to go ahead and collect those prayer cards if you filled out one of those prayer cards if you could hold it up I think we have some in the front here and some in the back just pick them up we'll gather them hey church let them know you're glad they're here come on let them know you're glad they're here amen amen the devil has tried everything he can to stop what's going on. We had another young lady get saved right after the service in the second service. Let's give God praise right there. Amen. God's moving. God's moving. Thank you, Lord. Let's, let's look in Acts chapter number 12. And then, and then peek up right above chapter 12, uh, just a couple verses into, into chapter number 11. And we'll read a couple of them and we'll get started. As you know, as you know, we are in our faith in action campaign, our, our building fund. Our, our, we're, we're trying to uh, raise money to, to build a building. Uh, we're really, really crowded, and, and we've got things going, and, and, and we, we just believe that God has spoken, and he says it's time to build. Amen? And we're trying to raise the money there, and we, we have a, a Christian organization that's helping us with this. And uh, they, they have given us literature to use and, 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 and ideas and stuff for me to preach on, uh, but it just didn't fit me. And uh, if you know me well enough, uh, I'm not going to wear britches that don't fit. Say amen. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to do it the temple way. And, and, and I believe God has really spoke to my heart about what we need to hear. Because in this message, this is what you're going to hear. You're going to hear exactly where we are and what's happening as I speak. I mean, it is unbelievably how lifelike and how real we are in what we're fixing to read. And I'll explain that in just a minute, all right? Uh, Acts chapter, actually 11, verse 27. Have you found your spot? Amen. And in these days, in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. Now, if you'll, if you'll read before in that chapter, you'll find out that people, the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Antioch was a great place. Antioch was a place where they were studying the Word of God. They were expanding. God was blessing. And God sent prophets to Antioch. And this is what it says in verse 28. And there stood up one of them named Agabus and signified by the Spirit that there should be a great dearth or a famine throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, say this with me, I am a disciple. I'm a disciple. We're here to develop disciples. We're not here to just gather a crowd. I can do that at a soccer tournament. We can have a rock concert and gather a crowd. We, we don't, we, you know, it's not about gathering a crowd. It's not about building bigger buildings. It's about developing disciples. And God wants us to be a disciple. A disciple is a follower, a student, a pupil, if you will. We are disciples of Christ. And the Bible says the disciples, they decided, they determined every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwell in Judea, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Paul. Now watch this. There are no divisions in the word of God. These chapters and verses were placed there 
by the translators so we could read it easier and memorize it easier, okay? So this is one steady reading. Let's take out that chapter break and let's just read a continuous reading. We found there's a great need. The prophets have signified and announced that there's a great need. Uh, The disciples have decided to do something about it, and they did. Now watch what happens. Now about that time, y'all with me? Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. You can believe Satan has got a target on the leadership. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. And then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to the four quadrants of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but. Thank God for the buts in the Bible. I was on my way to hell, but. Jesus saved me. I had issues in my life, but God commended this love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let's move along. I want to preach so bad right there I can't stand it. I'm telling you right now. Thank God that God intervenes when we can't help ourselves. Amen. The Bible says he was shut up in prison, But the church prayed without ceasing to God for him. Say amen. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for a great crowd. Thank you for the the precious, precious, precious Holy Spirit of God that we feel in this place. Now, God, I need every word to come from you. I don't need to say anything ignorant. I don't need anything out of the way. I need you to anoint my mind and my heart that I can deliver, thus saith the Lord. And, Lord, we'll praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let me share with you three quick things and, uh, and, 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 and watch, watch how everything we're reading fits what we are going through and experiencing at Temple Baptist Church right here in 2013. First off, I want you, if you're taking notes and you're writing these things down, and I highly encourage you to do that because it helps you remember, and uh, you can't be a doer of the word if you can't remember it, all right? So I, I alliterate everything I do because I want you to remember it easier, amen? The first thing we see, there was a need revealed. Say that with me. There was a There was a need revealed. We see the Christians here at Antioch. We see the Christians here at Antioch, the disciples here, if you will. Uh, they are coming, and the man of God... A prophet who brings the word of God. And I'm glad there's always God has his man. Amen. All through down the ages, God always has something. It doesn't matter the time. It doesn't matter the age. It doesn't matter how wicked the people. God will always raise up a man. And the prophets come. And they prophesy. And they begin to tell them, look, there's going to be a famine. There is going to come a great need so we have a need that's revealed the prophets announced it and then the people addressed it the people addressed it well what happened the disciples said okay well if there's going to be a great famine then we need to do something for the poor people there in Jerusalem and so they determined in their heart and decided to do something about it they took up an offering and sent it and gave to meet the need and you say preacher what does that have to do with us Because God has revealed to us in the day that we're in, we have done every single thing 
possible not have to raise money, not have to build. We've gone from one service to two services to three services, now four services. We are shuttling people in a shuttle bus because uh, we run out of parking. So we're parking down the road and riding in on the bus. And every Sunday morning we're riding and singing the wheels on the bus go round and round. And we are having a time. Amen. I am enjoying it. I'm riding a bus. My car is down there. And I'm having a big time. And I'm telling you, that is the blessing of God on this church. We are expanding like crazy. But God has said, okay, you've done everything you can. You've been good stewards of everything you have. But now it's time to build. God has revealed to us there is a need. There is a need for room. We had 3,800 on Easter. But guess what? There's 88,000 in Coleman County. There's people on the outside of these doors that can't get in that need to know that Jesus saves. They need to know that there is help in this place. They need to know that God can cure their addiction. God can take the alcohol away. God can take the heroin away. God can take the cocaine away. God is bigger than their meth addiction. God can change their life for good. God can meet their needs. Now the only problem with that is, is there's a bunch of y'all in here. And, and, and whether you know it or not, there's, here's what we think. Well, there's a bunch of seats. I see chairs. Lost people in the unchurched don't like to sit close to y'all. Matter of fact, some of you church members don't like to sit close to each other. 70% full, you're full. If you don't believe me, come on Wednesday night when there's not quite as many of y'all in here, and they'll sit like this. It's full. Yes, in, in the last service, it was almost no seats at all. We need room. We have a need. God says it's time to build. Trust me, I wouldn't tell you that unless he told me. Because this is out of my comfort zone. I don't like this kind of thing. But I'm telling you, I'm excited about what God is doing. What did the, what did the disciples do when they found out there was a need? They rose to the occasion. The Bible says, now I just read it. Now look at look, the Bible says it. The disciples determined according to his ability to meet the need. Now you know why that is? You know why that is? Is because when you get saved, you take on the nature of your father. The Bible says we have a divine nature and now you are becoming like he is. And when you get saved, you, you carry his DNA now. And he is a sacrificial giver because the Bible says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And if you become a child of God, you'll start acting like God. You'll have his character. You'll have his attributes. And he is a generous giver. And if you are a stingy person, you need to know him because you can't know him and not act like him are y'all with me all through the ages all through the ages you see that that God's people will rise to the occasion and meet a need when the need is given to them watch this in Exodus chapter number 35 in Exodus chapter number 35 in verse 20 Moses and the nation of Israel have come out of Egypt They've come out of bondage and slavery, and here they are in the wilderness, and God says it's time to build a church. Or let's use the word tabernacle. That's, that's what they're, they're building. They're building a mobile church. Wouldn't that be cool just roll it up and go on to the next town? Amen? That's what they had. This was a tabernacle. This was their place to meet with God. And he says, okay, people, you're going to have to bring some offerings. We've got to build this tabernacle. And the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing. 
And they brought the Lord's offering to, to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation and for all his service and for the holy garments. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets, all jewels of gold. And every man that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. Now that's cool. Moses presented the need, the man of God, the prophet, if you will, heard from God. God says, I want you to build me a house. And then he presents that need to the people. They go home and they bring an offering. Watch this. Now this is the good part. Exodus 36, verse 3 says this. And they received of Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary to make it with all. And they brought yet unto him free offerings every morning. And all the wise men that wrought all the work of the sanctuary came every man from his work which they made. And they spake unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more. I, I can't even hardly read it right here. I'm just saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work for which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave commandment. Now think about this. They caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp. Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing. Now I've had to restrain people from the dinner on the grounds line, but not the offerings. Amen. Watch this. For the stuff they had. Now, now, please get this right here. For the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it and... Can you imagine the pastor saying, please don't give no more. Please just leave your wallet in the chariot. Don't bring no more to church. We have too much. We're just running over. We got too much. We just, hey, now here's the thing. <laughs> Obviously they weren't Baptists. Amen right there. Now watch this. This is the point I want you to get. This is the point I want you to get. Here in this situation, the Bible says this one sentence needs to stand out in your heart right now because I know you are. We are yard sale people. Say amen. Uh, we just, we, we're not rich. I, I, I don't know of anybody rich in here. You might be and not tell nobody. I don't know if you are. God bless your heart. Amen. But, but I know who we are and I know what ability we have. Guess what God said? In, in the disciples, they gave according to their ability. And then it says this, that in this particular chapter of Exodus, that they gave what they had and it was sufficient and too much. Now I know, and I know with all my heart, when we have what we have, it's not really going to be enough to make happen what needs to happen in this building. But that's where God steps in and he'll take whatever we have and it will be too much. Because where we fall short, God will step up. If he can take one little lad's lunch and feed thousands with it, that mama made that little fella one lunch, and she didn't expect it. It wasn't going to be enough for everybody. But when that little thing got in God's hands, it was enough and too much. That's the God we serve. Now, what would... <laughs> What would possess these people? What would possess these people to give so much that they had to tell them to stop giving? I'll tell you what it was. It wasn't just a few days before that that they were in bondage and slavery. 
it wasn't just a few days before that that they were feeling the whips of the Egyptian soldiers upon their backs. It wasn't just a little while before that that they realized that God in heaven looked down upon their situation and God came to them when they couldn't get to him and God intervened in their life and brought them out of bondage and brought them out of slavery and brought them across the wilderness. God split the Red Sea and brought them over safely and God fed them manna from heaven when they didn't have nothing to eat and God brought water out of a rock when they were thirsty. I'm telling you what, if we would just remember that hole that God brought us out of, if we will remember that God put clothes on our back and food in our belly, if we'll just remember that God has been good to us, you won't have no problem giving. God is good. He's been a lot better to me than I've been to him. And son, they just had to say, hey, slow down, boy, slow down. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking. Some of y'all uh, don't believe in the Old Testament. So I'm going to move on to the New Testament. In Acts chapter number 2, after the day of Pentecost, the Bible says they were so excited about what God had done for them. In Acts chapter 2, verse 45, And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Acts 4, 34. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them, brought the prices of the things that were sold, and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had. What happened? Excited disciples, thankful disciples, appreciative disciples who God had touched in just amazingly, went out and saw a need, and they brought and went and sold their stuff and placed it at the disciples' feet, and then the disciples met the need that was at hand. That's the way it worked. That's New Testament, by the way. You know, there's a lot of people running, I don't believe in that Old Testament, that, that tithing stuff, that 10%, you're just trying to bring in the law and all that. Number one, tithing was way before the law. Number two, if, 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 that's the, if that's your attitude, that's fine. That ain't no problem. Because if you put up the percentages that were given by New Testament Christians, it was 30%. Strike a trail. Listen, there was a need revealed. And all through the Bible, you mark it down, all through the Bible, God's people always rose to meet the need. Not, not necessarily because they, and it wasn't because they were forced or coerced. It was because the same God that commanded it was inside of them. And they were just taking on the attributes of their father. Church, say amen. All right, we got a need. So we can, we can relate to this. There's a great need at Temple. Uh, there's a great need that's been revealed. God has spoken to us. It's time to build. Now watch, there's so many people excited about this. I'm excited. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm I, 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 there's just no telling what God's going to do and I, I am so excited I'm committing to this and I, I want to do everything I can to do what God wants me to do so I can see God bless my family and my children and, and, and so here we are we've got a bunch of people that's, that's gung-ho we're ready to do this we're ready to give we're ready to get this building done now the second thing is what you really need to get and this may be the message that you need to hear today this may be why God sent you today anytime anytime that God moves Anytime that the disciples decided to meet a need, this is the thing that happens. Verse 1 of chapter 12, now about that time. There's always, number 2, write this down, there's always a natural response 
There's always a natural response. You say, preacher, what does that mean? What is a natural response to what? Here's the deal. Two things. When you see God move, Satan's always going to show up. We find the appearance of Satan. We find that God's people are excited. God's people have decided to meet a need. And when they decided to meet a need and be Christ on this earth, Satan shows up and attacks the leadership of the early church. There's no mistake, there's no mistake about the way this is worded. The Bible says Herod attacked or he reached out to vex certain of the church. In other words, he targeted. Who did he target? The leadership. I can't describe to you the demonic oppression I have felt in the last couple weeks. I can't even describe it. I can't even describe what's been going on. I've never felt a, such an utter desire to quit in all my life. You know why? Because if Satan can get the head, he can get everybody else. And Satan attacked the leadership, the main players in the early church, James and Peter. He killed James and arrested Peter, intending to kill him too. What's the point? Anytime God moves, Satan's right behind him. Now some of y'all, a light bulb's going to go off and you'll say, that's why this junk's been happening this week. Listen, let me give you some verses. Let me give you some verses. And this is a warning, because I'm just telling you, when God starts moving in your family, in your house, Satan's going to be right behind them. Job 1.6. Job 1.6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Zechariah 3.1. And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Jesus is baptized in the river Jordan. He's baptized in the river. Man, this is a glorious, glorious picture. Uh, the Spirit of God descends as a dove and lights upon him. He comes up out of the water. The dove lands on him. They hear this voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. What a glorious situation. But if you keep reading the Gospels, he was driven immediately in the wilderness to be tempted of Satan. They're on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus, Peter, James, and John, they're on the Mount of Transfiguration having a camp meeting service. I'm talking about the glory of God is felt. They are in the presence of God, in the glory, literally. And man, they want to stay up there. But they come down off of that mountain and the first thing they see, Peachy, is a, is a demon-possessed boy. Why? Anytime God moves, Satan's going to move. Anytime God blesses you, Satan's going to attack you. God gives Joseph a dream, and the brothers hated him. Anytime God moves. Now, now you've been praying for blessings. I've been praying for blessings. This seems like everything bad happened. Well, with the blessing comes the burden. Now, watch this. I, I, I can't even just... It, it's, it's so... I can see this coming alive at Temple right now. He's attacked our leaders like crazy. What about Job? Let's talk about Job. The Bible says that the Satan attacked Satan attacked his his physical fitness. 
He has sore boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. It could be that this sickness you're going through, this physical ailment you're going through, it just might be the hand of Satan. He attacked his children. Your children may be struggling right now. Your children may be being attacked by the devil, and you've just thought they've lost their mind. But it just might be that Satan is attacking them. We better learn to recognize this and pray the devil off of them. Not only that, Satan attacked his finances. Took everything he had, destroyed every bit of his finances. Now he's broke and poor. Hey, these things that's going on in your finances, it might not be because you're a poor steward. You might be doing everything right and what you're supposed to do, and it still seems like it could be Satan. What about his wife? He got into an issue with his wife. They couldn't even get along. She said, why don't you just curse God and die? And he said, you speak as a foolish woman speaking. Can you imagine if I said that to Tammy? (laughs) Hey, it might not be that your spouse has gone crazy and your spouse is grumpier than normal. It might not be that they just got in. It might be the devil's attacking them. Now, men, we're the head of the household. We're the spiritual leaders. You need to learn to recognize this because it might not be that they've gone crazy on you. It might be that Satan is attacking them to get at you. Hey, this is the truth, guys. Wednesday morning, I woke up. Wednesday morning, I woke up aggravated, just depressed. You'll never know how much pastors fight depression all the time. Because every prayer request we take personally. Every situation. I, I've got people on Facebook. You know how you got people on Facebook. i got people on Facebook I don't even know. I don't know who they are. They know you and knew, they know this person. All. Well, anytime. They, I, they, I mean, they've got, they're praying for their cousin once removed 30 times down the tree. And I, I don't know. I have a clue. But I still, I feel it. And I can't describe it. And I can't quit. You say, well, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> Help me with that. If you will show me where that button is, I will push it, baby. I will push it. I don't know how that is. But I woke up Wednesday, and I was just, like, just frustrated. And, and, uh, and it was like when I just raised up out of bed, it was like God was sitting at the edge of the bed. And PG said, what would you expect, son? What would you expect? You're asking me to do a miracle in this place. You're, you're wanting to see something greater than Temple's ever seen before. You're wanting all this. Did you think the devil was just going to clock out? Did you think the devil was just going to back up and say, okay, guys, when y'all get all this thing done and get your building done, and, 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 and you, we, hey, let me know so we can get back at it. Did you think he was going to take a break? You're in a fight. This is a battle. Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Endure hardness as a good soldier. We're not in a play box. We're not on the playground. This is serious business. This is life and death. People's lives are hanging in the balance. This is the real deal. Church, disciples, we're in a fight. You need to bow up. That's what Jesus said. Well, he used the word, but he said stand. Having done all to stand, stand. Stand. I like... I like UFC fighting. That might not be very spiritual, but I like it. I just do. There's something about two guys in the the ring beating their brains out that's just exciting to me. 
and man, they'll get in there and they'll go after it. I'm talking about UFC. That's kicking and throwing and elbowing and 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 the whole deal, man. It, amen. I watched some last night and there were some lady folks in there. And, and, and buddy, they got it on better than the men. You say, what do you call her? I said, ma'am. That's all I call her. Amen. I mean, they was going after it. Now, my point of using that illustration is this. In the last fight, uh, Uriah Favor came out. He's a little short dude. He's real quick, too. I mean, he's stout and strong, and he come out just like, like he was letting a bulldog out of a gate. <laughs> I mean, just, and he was just wide open, 100 miles an hour. They went in the fifth round. And by that fifth round, it was... You know why? They were in a, when you get in a fight, you're going to get tired. When you get in a fight, you get frustrated. When you get frustrated, you get fatigued. And then you say stupid things. So be careful, ladies and gentlemen, with your spouses or your family or your children, that you don't end up saying something you regret just because you're tired in the fight back up and, and tell God to refresh you and revive you because we're going to go to the, we're in the corner right now what you're doing right now I got the bucket in front of you and I got the towel doing this right here I'm splashing water in your face right here saying hey it's alright you go out and when we walk out them doors guess what we in a fight you know why? Because the Bible says, on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That means we are on the offensive. We're going out them doors and we're going to the crack addicts. We're going, listen, to the meth houses. We're going to the school system. We're going everywhere that the devil has domain and the church of the living God is walking into the kingdom of the devil and we're taking back what the devil stole and he ain't liking it. And we're going to get busted we're going to get bloodied, we're going to get cut up, we're going to get out there and we're going to get real tired and we're going to drag in here next Sunday and we're going to sit before the presence of God and they're going to sing glorious songs of Zion and we're going to get excited and encouraged, we're going to get built back up, we're going to get motivated and exhorted and we're going to say, bring it on devil one more time. Here we go. I'm telling you this, I'm telling you this. When we do something for God and God does something for us, you might as well get ready because the devil's coming. He's coming. And I'm just a little more excited than I normally am, and I apologize for that, but I can't help it. God helped me this week. When I was in a depressed and discouraged state, God came and sat by me, and he said, it's going to be all right, son. You just keep fighting. Number three. Number three. We not only see a need that's revealed, we see a, a natural response. The devil's going to, he's going he's to come. He's going to come. I'm telling you, he's going he's to attack you. But then we see a necessity. Write that down. Write that down in your notes. There is a necessity that's realized. Satan attacked and he killed James. Satan attacked and he arrested Peter. And he was intended to do the same thing to Peter, but prayer. Say it with me. But was made of the church to God for him. I'm going to just, just paraphrase this because I've run out of time because I went a little bit longer than I should on the other. But they prayed for him and God got him out. God sent the angel of the Lord. And by the way, this is so cool. 
when he was being attacked by the devil and he was going through that deal, he was sleeping so hard that the angel had to smote him in the side. Come on, we got to go. Now, aren't you glad in the midst of your storm, God can give you so much peace you can sleep right through it? He wakes him up and takes him to the outside and, 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 and he gets out and he realizes, I'm out. This is great. So he goes to the house where they're praying. He goes to Mary's house where they're praying and, uh, and he knocks on the door. You got to get this. I know some of y'all lead kind of a boring life because you don't have an imagination, but I, I live kind of a difficult life because it gets me in trouble because my imagination is too good. But I need you to use your imagination a little bit right here. I need you to use your imagination a little bit right here. The door's knocking. They're praying for Peter to be delivered. They're praying for Peter's safety. The answer to their prayer is on the outside of that door. And they're praying, oh, God, oh, God, if you don't do something, we're in trouble. Oh, God, if you don't do something, they're going to kill him just like they killed James. We, God, we need you to, and about that time, there was a young lady in the house named Rhoda, and she goes out to the door, and she hears Peter's voice, and she's so jacked up about it and excited, she don't even let him in. And she runs into the room where they're praying. Oh, God, help us. Oh, God, we need deliverance. We need the angel of the Lord to come smoke Peter in his side and bring him to the, oh, God, help Oh, don't bother me, I'm praying. Oh, God, help us. What is the, what is Peter's outside. Oh, come on. They didn't believe her. And they said, it's an angel. It's his spirit. They done killed him. Amen. Oh, it's over. And they go, y'all know the story. Let him in. Everything's excited. You know what? You know what it told me? I don't want to be the type of church that prays for a miracle and then is shocked when we get one. I, I, want, I want to be the type of church that when we pray for a miracle and God does it, we say, that's right. That's just how he rolls right there. Faith and confidence. God moved on the scene. You say, preacher, what's the need? I'll tell you the need. Two things. We need some praying saints. Say it with me. We need some. And we need a powerful Savior. How are we going to get this building done? Praying saints and a powerful Savior. Well, preacher, what if we only raise a certain amount of money? If we pray, God will do the rest. Now, one of them you can check off your list. Because we have a powerful Savior. The question is, are we going to be praying saints? Are we going to come to God with our needs and our burdens? Now, watch this. I'll say this, and we'll, we'll, we'll pray. I need my book. In this little devotional book, you might not have got last week, you might not have been here, or you might just didn't get it when you should have. But I need you to get this. I need you to get this because this is what you would have learned this week if you'd have did your devotions this week. On Monday night, and I alliterated this. It's not alliterated in the book, but that's just the way my brain works, so it is what it is. Monday, we learned that God, this, is, this was the question that we were given this was the theme of the week. What will God do if we pray? Say it with me. What will God do if we pray? 
First Monday night, we learned he will give us power to stand. When the devil comes up against us and tries to stop us, he'll give us power to stand. On Tuesday, we learned that he will give us provision to supply. How many of y'all could use God's anointing in your financial situation? On Wednesday, he, we learned that if we pray, God will give us potential to serve. On Thursday, we learned if we pray that God will give us peace to soothe. Now, how many of y'all could have used some peace in a storm lately? On Friday, we learned that if we will pray, that he will give us protection to secure. God will take care of us. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. In this book next week, we're going to learn every day what God will do if we will believe. So you need to get this book. You need to do it with your family. You need to stop and spend some time. with It, it doesn't take but about 10 to 15 minutes. Most of you are on Facebook five times that time. Please just, just stop a minute and understand the seriousness of this. Being able to hear my kids last night praying for the leaders of this church is priceless. Hearing my little girls praying for their daddy that God would protect him. Hearing Brandy praying for the Faith in Action campaign that God would do a miracle for our church. It's priceless. You say, why is it so important to do it with your family? This is the main reason. In the Bible, we learn that there was a man with a nation of Israel named Joshua. Joshua came out of Egypt. He came through uh, the wilderness, and God used him mightily to go into the promised land and to, to deliver the promised land to the nation of Israel. He was their leader. They found victory. God moved in that situation, but there came a time that he died. And I believe it's in the book of Judges, the very beginning of the book of Judges, it said after the death of Joshua and all the leaders that was with him who saw what God had done. When they died, there arose another generation after them who knew not the Lord, nor the works that he had done. What's the point? Churches today, experts who have, who have, who have searched this and studied this out, churches today are losing 77% of their young people who grow up in church, and then by the time they turn age of 18 or when they can make up their own choices, they leave never to come back. Let me tell you why. They've heard of what God done years ago. They hear about what God did for you. But you know what this generation needs to see? You know what my kids need to see? They need to see God answer their prayer today. They need to see what God will do for them today, right now. He's not a past God. He's not a historical God. He is a right now God who will answer prayer as we speak. And my kids are going to see a miracle that they specifically asked for and prayed for. And guess what's going to happen with your family and your children and your, your people? That when they pray, they're going to see God do incredible things and it's going to blow up their faith. If I build the biggest church in Alabama and die and my kids quit church, I failed. The only job I have is to raise my family to know God. 
And see, God has given us all an opportunity. And, and, and I know, I know, this. Uh, people don't like this. TV and technology has made us all dumb. Our attention spans are so short nowadays that we can't slow down long enough to focus on something. Well, please, pick it up. Sit down with your family this week and learn what God will do if we pray. We have, uh, we have small groups going on. Are, are they doing that after this service too or just during the services? Just during the services. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Next week, I want you to come early. If you're not already in a small group, if you're not already in a small group, I want you to come early. And we have small group leaders out in the gym right now. That are we got them set up at different tables. And, and if you will come, just come and find whichever person you think looks the friendliest, I guess. Just whichever one you choose to sit with. I want you to sit at that table, and they're going to do a small group, just like if you was in somebody's home, like everybody else in our church. Because I want, I want everybody to go through this. I want everybody to go and discuss what we just talked about and what we just learned so that we can grow together. So we can learn about God together. So we can get stronger together. So we can become stronger disciples. In Jesus' name. Also, the 5 o'clock. Don't forget the 5 o'clock service this afternoon. There will be small groups going on in there during that time. So you can, And matter of fact, that would be a great time to do it because it's still fresh on your minds. And if you don't have a small group already, please come. Uh, Brother Buchanan, stand to your feet just a minute. If you have any questions, Brother Buchanan will be out here. He'll be glad to help you. He is our small group pastor, and it will be a great blessing to your life. And all God's people said, Father, help us today. Help us today. Put a, put a hedge about us, Lord. The devil's attacking. We're trying to accomplish the will of God. We're trying to do what you'd have us to do. God, we know we have a powerful Savior. We just need some praying saints. I pray that you'll answer our prayers for our families. I pray that you'll answer our prayers for our church, I pray that you'll move in an awesome way. Give us what we stand in need of. God, I love you with all of my heart, with all of my heart. And I just want to see your will done in this place. God, I'll praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Everyone stand to your feet. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. If you're a gentleman and you're going to be baptized, if you're a gentleman, you're going to be baptized. If you'll come to this door right over here to my left, your right. If you're a gentleman, there'll be somebody there to assist you and help you. If you're a lady and you're coming to be baptized, if you'll come to this door right over here, there'll be a lady there to assist you and help you there. So if you're coming for baptism and you're a lady, come to this side over here. And if you're a gentleman, come to this side over here. We're going to sing a verse. Help us as we sing. Help us as we sing. If you need to pray, come on. Say, preach, I just need some encouragement. Well, come on, we'll pray with you. Say, preacher, I need to join up. This is where God wants me to join up and be a member. Come on, we'll help you with that. Maybe you need to be saved. Maybe you need to know Christ as your personal Savior. Won't you come? Won't you come? Jesus is speaking to your heart, and you want to trust him as your Savior. Come on. Lord, I'm coming home. Sing on. I'm coming home. Sing it now, everybody. Come on now. Coming.
God speaking to your heart. Come on. God will help you if you give him the opportunity. You just got to trust him today. Sing on. Sing on. I've Right where you are. 